As one of America's largest financial services companies, Nationwide makes simplicity a priority so financial professionals can help their clients achieve their retirement goals. Nationwide Investment Services Corporation, member FINRA, Columbus, Ohio. In a decade of disruption for the business of sports, one game has seen a significant upswing. During COVID, golf exploded. On a course, at the driving range, at indoor simulators and entertainment venues, record numbers of Americans played golf last year. And a growing portion of those were women. More than six million women and girls played the game on a U.S. course in 2022, a gain of 14% over 2019. You look at the, the number of women that want to learn the game, young girls that are joining on the tee. Really an exciting time for all of us to really capitalize on this moment. It's a moment of peak opportunity for the Ladies Professional Golf Association. Founded in 1950 as a playing tour, the LPGA is now a nonprofit organization supporting women's golf at every level. I think of the LPGA as the land of opportunity. They were the originals. Like when you think about women's sport and the idea of women founding and building sports on their own, I think LPGA. LPGA tournaments feature the world's best players competing for millions of dollars, while LPGA programs build the grassroots involvement that creates a passionate audience for the product. Golf is one of those rare sports that adults actually love to watch, but then they can actually go play. Nice! Oh, that's the, that's the best of the day, holy cow. Molly Marcusamon was named LPGA commissioner in 2021. <laughs> that was amazing. Bringing credentials as a college athletics administrator and a longtime sports facilities executive. Smoothing her transition to this new challenge, seasoned CFO Kathy Milthorpe who started her career at the LPGA over 30 years ago. Kathy's you know, wealth of knowledge for the golf industry was really, really important for me to be able to learn the business. We're gonna do a little finance 101 for the player, for the new player directors. She was talking about She's definitely not the CFO that sits in the office and crunches the numbers that we tell her to crunch. As we're talking about strategy, we can just ask her sitting in the room, okay, what are the levers we can pull to, to, to really implement that strategy? In competition, golf is the ultimate individual sport. But for the LPGA to sustain its momentum as a driving force for women's golf, it takes a team effort. She has this tremendous knowledge, but she also, you know, she's committed to the business. She's passionate about it. She, she really doesn't just think, this is what I'm told to do. She thinks about how we can actually grow the organization every day. So it's been a godsend to me. She loves the LPGA, loves the organization, and I think in that leadership role, you really have to have a passion for the mission. She's also got great business acumen. She's interesting because she really does like the numbers. Um, so as a CFO, that's great for me. She's um, asking about the numbers all the time? She's asking about the numbers. She likes the numbers. Um, I think if she you know, dies and comes back, she's gonna be an accountant one day. <laughs> With our growth strategy, the idea is to get to yes. I mean, we're really investing in top line growth. And so we want her to say yes as much as she can possibly say yes. You always often think of accountants as the no people or the people of why we've got to work within a, a structure or save money or cost control. And sure, we do that. We try to make sure that we're good stewards of the association's resources. But I think where we've tried to be more effective is to make sure that we're helping our departments, our colleagues, our members drive success. And so that's finding the ways to a yes instead of finding the ways to a no. 
To understand Kathy Milthorpe's role as CFO, it's essential to understand the LPGA's business model. The best CFOs in not-for-profits and sports are great at growth, great at innovation, great at scale, and then really excellent as strategic thinkers about where should we be spending. Our focus is on mission. And so that's really taking the revenues that we generate and redriving that back into providing member opportunities. So as a finance team, you know, our goal is to really help shepherd those resources to make sure that we're driving and fueling growth. Before COVID, the LPG's annual revenue fluctuated within a consistent range. The last two years have seen those numbers jump. We've experienced tremendous growth, you know, from pre-pandemic to now. I think in every one of our major revenue categories, we're up over 50%, which is, which is tremendous. What are the metrics that matter the most to you right now? Prize money for the players. That's the way they make a living. The ability to be able to compete at the highest level and earn purses that are commensurate with their male counterparts is a mission that we're driving towards every day. The annual prize money pool in LPGA tournaments has grown 50% since 2019. In 2023, it topped $100 million. But the prize fund still lags far behind what men compete for on the PGA Tour. The inequality hits hardest at the lower end of the money list. Clearly, we want the top players to continue to make a great living playing. These are the very best in the world. But we also then dig in and say, OK, what's the 50th best player in the world making? And what did she make last year? What does the 100 best player in the world make? And what did she make the year before? I've asked Kathy to run numbers um, many times to say, OK, tell me where we are exactly during the middle of the season, at the end of the season. That 100th player, our goal would be to obviously have that player make considerable amount of prize winnings and we're gonna work really hard to do that. Having said that, we do need to continue to focus on ways to provide opportunities so that 100 best player can cover those costs that it takes for them to be out here on the golf course. That's hiring a caddy, that's travel, that's strength coaches. We're helping to provide uh, stipends for health insurance or create a, a tour-wide health insurance program. Ability to create more discounts for travel, you know, for hotel and car and all those things that really cost them a lot. To meet these objectives, LPGA leadership collaborates creatively with sponsors. We've worked with some of our corporate partners to say, help us solve a problem. You know, help us create a fund that will allow our players to get to the first tee ready to reach peak performance. And more partners are stepping up. According to intelligence platform Sponsor United, sponsorships in women's sports leagues grew 20% in 2022. The LPGA led the way, with brand deals increasing 30% versus 2021. Underpinning the boom, a shift in thinking. It was only a few years ago we were saying, oh, you should support women's sports because it's nice. We don't have to say that anymore. Brands are understanding that it's not a pity party anymore. They're not investing in women's sports because it's the right thing to do, but they are seeing actual great ROI. When you look at women who are making most of the purchasing decisions in households, uh, whether that's cars or that is home or financial services, and who are gonna drive the wealth of the future, it's women. If you talk to our top sponsors, they'll say, listen, this is a, this is a double value. We get the value of, of the commercial, you know, sort of just exposure that we get in the brand building, but we also get to talk to our clients, to our, to our um, employees, and really show the commitment that we have to women. The beautiful thing is brands are now realizing there's huge demand for women's sports. But even more importantly, women's sports fans are fiercely loyal. 
they'll spend. Not clean if it releases. The LPGA's TV viewership also rose in 2022, another promising sign for its financial future. Media rights is really probably the single largest driver in addition to corporate partners that drive the association's revenues. The LPGA and the PGA Tour have a joint agreement for domestic media rights that runs through 2030. In the rest of the world, the LPGA controls its own media rights. Its content can be seen in over 500 million households in 175 countries around the world. 25 years ago, it was primarily a U.S.-based organization. Now, more than 40% of our revenues come from outside the U.S. Media rights deals outside the U.S. are a driver of revenue growth. But building a global media brand takes time and money. Inside for NG Chun. Someone sitting in Seoul, Korea, um, has a very different perspective than maybe someone that's sitting in Toledo, Ohio. And so um, the ability to really create a global telecast is something that we've got to continue to invest in. Developing and upgrading technology has been a key priority for the LPGA and will be for years to come. Technology is going to drive the future. 127 shot into the wind. Sports are all about data these days. People want to know how well are our women, women performing at various parts of the game. And also it helps with the equity conversation. So by having more advanced um, stats and more data, we can tell the stories of the very best players in the world and how they compare to other women on the tour, but also how they compare to men. Shot level data for betting is also important. We know that betting really um, gets people connected to the game. If you have a stake in what people are doing, you get to know the players more, you get you follow them more closely, you're more connected as a fan. So our website and having two-way communication with our fan is, fans is critical. I think that data is um, very important to any league that is looking to connect with their fans on a deeper level. Because women's sports is an opt-in experience where you actually are seeking out where can I watch this match, where can I watch this game, how can I watch this tournament, the more that that league or team can talk to their fans, I think that's that's um, really tremendous. Nobody ever says, make it complicated. That is why Nationwide makes simplicity a priority by providing financial professionals with straightforward, client-ready resources. From clear strategies to help clients meet retirement savings and income needs to ways to cover rising health care costs and more, Nationwide simplifies planning so more time can be spent helping clients. Nationwide is on your side. Nationwide Investment Services Corporation, member FINRA, Columbus, Ohio. What does your investment spend on technology look like right now? We're trying to figure that out. Um, and I will tell you, we're going to need partners to be able to do that because I'm, I'm sure you, you know tech is not cheap. We're in the process of kind of outlining our roadmap. We're also looking at how we can create operational efficiencies, molding all the various databases and, and various um, solutions that we have internally. We probably have 30 plus different solutions that we work with today. Currently, our 34 tournaments um, operate really like independent, independent businesses. And so what we're working on um, in the next couple of years is to build, for instance, a, a tour-wide ticketing solution. We'll also start building, rebuilding our website here in the uh, you know, next probably three to six months. And then, you know, in two to three years, you start all over again with tech. Uh, what is, is popular today will be probably quite different in, you know, in the not-too-distant future. The year that Kathy Milthorpe came to work for the LPGA, Hall of Famer Pat Bradley was the tour's top money winner. She earned just under $500,000. That was in 1986. 
I worked for PricewaterhouseCoopers at the time, Coopers and Libran, uh, when I went into public accounting, and they were a client. The LPJ tournament was a client of mine. Got recruited and came to work for the association when we were based in Texas, and then helped as part of the relocation when the business moved to Florida. She's had three separate tours of duty at the LPGA, stepping away twice to pursue other opportunities in sports. What did you bring back to the LPGA from those experiences? While it was challenging to leave, it was probably the best thing I could have ever done for my career. Because mm -hmm. I got a chance to see one, for instance, on the golf side, really what it takes to put a, a golf tournament on. On the public affairs side, really seeing what it takes to secure sponsors, to build marketing plans. Um, to look at you know, new ways of financing. And um, I think that has served me well mm -hmm. to allow me to look at things in a different light than just crunching numbers. Kathy Milthorpe's range of experience helps her see the big picture and also master the details. Both capabilities come into play as she oversees the LPGA's primary revenue source, the tour. Every week we play in different markets around the country and it's somewhere between a five to $15 million operation that's taking place. Um, we're bringing in staff, vendors, caterers, building really a little city mm -hmm. within uh, a tournament infrastructure. In 2023, the LPGA will hold tournaments across Asia and Europe and in 11 US states. Geography is just one measure of its complexity. When we go to a tournament site, that's like a separate business also. And each tournament that we work with has a different financial model. We'll operate about four of our 30 plus tournaments this year. Um, and then the rest of them are operated by other, by other individuals, other promoters, other operating companies that help bring what we call the traveling circus uh, to town each week. Across all the different venues and operational conditions, Millthorpe and her colleagues have to make sure that the customer experience consistently achieves a high standard. I think the fan, when they come to a sporting event today, while the competition is cer certainly the key, uh -huh. they want an experience. Yes. So they want great food, they want something where their family, whether maybe they're not a patron of the sport or their kids can do, do something. They want a really an outdoor experience and, and also be able to, to watch uh, great athletes compete. Fans also attend tournaments to interact with their heroes on a more personal level. For an organization with a mission to promote the sport and build engagement, every event is an opportunity to create bonds between the women who play and the audience that supports them. The tournaments are a great foundation. The stars of the show are those athletes. And I do think there's an opportunity right now to better connect the LPGA superstars with the growing fandom of women's sports. Especially as we look ahead and we look at Gen Z, it's a, it's a generation that cares about purpose. They care about connection. How close can they get? How much engagement is there, interaction is there between the fans and the players themselves? You know, golf is probably one of the few sports where the fan can really get up and close and personal with the athlete. But the great thing about the players are is they'll stop during the competition, they'll sign autographs, they will, you know, welcome fans. Every Wednesday or Thursday, there's a pro-am setting where, where individuals actually compete with the athletes. Who would do that in sports but, but here? And then we'll offer clinics. So players might do a special appearance, they might do a junior clinic where they give some tips, they might give tips to new golfers, and our players really get it. They recognize at the end of the day that the fans are what make the difference. Yeah. As CFO, of course, your job is to maximize revenue, to bring in revenue. So how do you determine the value of that level of fan player engagement? 
Yeah, I mean, certainly driving ticket sales is important to the overall bottom line for an event. Each week, um, it's it's it, it's essential that we create something that's profitable, so either we can reinvest back into the prize money or provide money for charity in the local community, which is also equally um, an important component to what we're doing. Some of the headwinds facing all global businesses continue to weigh on the LPGA Tour. A tournament in Shanghai early in 2023 was canceled due to COVID complications. Inflation has driven up travel and hospitality costs, among other expenses that vary dramatically from continent to continent. What do the financials of a tournament that's held in Asia look like versus a tournament that's held in the U.S.? It's, um, it's interesting. When you play overseas, it's a lot more expensive to conduct an event uh, for a couple of reasons. One, um, you don't have the large volunteer base in typically in Asia. Um, most of those support uh, individuals are paid. Also, um, just infrastructure is more expensive in some of those in some of those areas. Uh, we might play in more remote areas where there's not a lot of competition. So, building the infrastructure, skyboxes, tents, and all that can be quite expensive. It's not an inexpensive proposition to run run an event overseas, but it actually is one of the more profitable ones for us. In any tournament where we've been in a long time, um, you know, we'll easily have 100,000 fans for the week. There's also geopolitics to consider. One sensitive issue that's playing out across the golf world centers on Saudi Arabia. The Kingdom's Sovereign Wealth Fund finances the Men's Live Tour, which competes directly with the PGA. On the women's side, the Kingdom's oil company, Saudi Aramco, sponsors a series of tournaments that attract the world's top players with substantial prize money. The LPGA's approach to Saudi investment in women's golf accentuates the positives. They're providing additional playing opportunities for the women on the Ladies European Tour, which, you know, they're much needed opportunities. As far as the LPGA is concerned, I mean, I think, as you know, we're really bullish on our growth. And so we're really focused on the growth that we're sort of a, a trying to achieve. And, um, you know, it's our responsibility to always listen to and to see other people coming into the game and to see what opportunities could be. Our job, again, is to focus on, you know, eleva elevating our brand and elevating our footprint. And um, that's really what we're doing. And I think as we've seen the opportunity is there. In 2023 and beyond, the LPGA is poised to capitalize on two very favorable trends, an increase in the number of women who play golf and a surge of support for women's sports from corporate sponsors and partners. The organization has expanded its global employee headcount by 10% since 2021 and plans to continue staffing up Mostly, I would say we're investing in our sales team um, because we think the market is really big and it's ready for us. So we're also investing in some partnerships with some some third party um, partners that can go out and help us, uh, you know, kind of canvas the world more. We need more people to be out there talking to those brands um, across the globe that we're interested in helping us grow. How critical is Kathy going to be in looking through those opportunities? Well, I mean, again, she, she, she has to first uh, let us know how much money we have to invest in that top line growth. So we need to go to her and say, listen, we need to we need to build people that can manage our current partnerships and we need to build the staff that can go out and find new partnerships. Again, she's very she's right um, uh, right next to me on this to say it's time to bet on ourselves and to be able to really uh, scale more quickly. Scaling up its infrastructure is one task ahead for the LPGA. Another pillar of the organization's strategic plan is scaling up societal impact by increasing diversity. One of the goals that Molly has made a priority is to change the face of the game, bringing more diversity into the sport at all levels. As CFO, I'm wondering what can you do to move the needle on that? Is there something you can do? 
Well, I think there is because we've dedicated resources to do that. We've actually f staffed up, you know, the LPGA Foundation, which was really primarily um, operating the girls' golf program. I think probably 10 years ago, we had less than four employees. Now we have probably close to 20. Mm. Um, so they're focused on programming. They're focused on fundraising, leadership academies, bringing golf to underserved populations. If you look at 20 years ago, and particularly persons of color, it was less than one out of 17 individuals um, were playing the game. Now that's moved to one in three. Secondly is really moving the needle on young girls. 20 years ago, about 15% of the new golfers, the, of junior golfers were women. Now that's more than a third of those golfers are women our young girls. Oh, but maybe we can insert another global partner or something in there. As CFO of the LPGA, Kathy Milthorpe makes sure that resources go where they can do the most good for women's golf. Whether it's empowering beginners through grassroots programs or increasing earning power and pay equity for professionals. I wanted to know what she sees when she looks into the future. What is the opportunity for the LPGA in the next five years that really gets you most excited? It's still those athletes, uh, the talent, the energy they bring, the extraordinary performance, both on and off the golf course is what makes it special. And I think that we're just at this moment in time where the world is really gonna see how, how incredible these athletes are. And that's super exciting to be a part of. On the flip side, what's the challenge that keeps you up at night uh, that you see as something really kind of hanging over over the next five years? You know, I probably it's, it's navigating through all the opportunity. Um, there's a lot. We're in a very competitive sports landscape. We're really c competing not only in sports, but in entertainment. And what do we spend our time on? How do we do things well? I'm a big believer in doing things, you know, two or three things really well instead of a hundred things okay. So I think making sure that we stay laser focused on the things that are gonna move the needle for our members and provide that next generation of golfer that's behind them is something that's really important. What is the skill set or area of knowledge that you think is going to be most useful to you as CFO in five years time? I still think you have to be very strategic. Um, it's not just the numbers, mm -hmm. but it's how do you make the numbers get to the, to the yes and what you're trying to accomplish. But I think thinking strategically about what makes the business move and what will be meaningful for our membership is something that's gonna be um, that we're laser focused on, that I'm laser focused on. Let's just say you get a call from a friend who says, hey, guess what? I was named CFO. What's one piece of advice you would give to someone who is about to become a CFO? It's an interesting question because I think about my own career journey and it is probably my answer would be is it's not about how to say no, it's about how to say yes. How to figure out how to support the business around you to get them to the place where they need to be. Um, sure, you know, you want to deliver results and you want to um, create processes, but don't let processes keep you away from achieving results. And so I'd say have fun with it. This, is, this has been a ball for me and I'm, I'm looking forward to the next five years. I'm Scarlett Fu. This is Bloomberg.